Always be in discernment and practice media literacy. Everything is a brand. Ballerina Farm is a brand, not a person. Ballerina Farm is not real and that's okay. All right, like everything is a brand. Use all this free content to create a life of your own design. Anything that doesn't make you happier, smarter, richer, healthier is noise. Okay, not interested. Bye. Hey, bestie. Welcome to the Spoiled Girly Support Group podcast where we talk about how to get that bag while also securing your own bag. I'm your host, Elle, and let's get into it. On today's episode, we are talking about how ballerina farms isn't real, and that's okay. We will cover how romanticizing motherhood online is sometimes a good thing, especially in a social media landscape filled with negative portrayals of struggle motherhood. And instead of attacking these women who are portraying their lives as they are romanticizing their lives, we should cultivate our own media literacy instead and use this free content to better our lives and ignore all content that do not serve us, okay? Before the no nuance Nellies come in the comments talking about, oh, you're romanticizing trad wives, trad wives are so dangerous, blah, blah, blah. Like, watch the class before this, okay? We already talked about the trad wife to food stamps pipeline. We understand the nuance, okay? But can you, like, develop some nuance? I swear, all these people always look for something to be mad about instead of looking for things to get paid about. Like, can't, we cannot, we cannot start on that. I, I can't. But before we get into it, I need you to hit the like, subscribe, and the notification bell so you never miss a spoiled girly episode. With that being said, let's get into it. Ballerina Farms' Hannah Nealman went viral on social media in the past week or so for posting her eighth child's natural home birth, like the whole birth. So if you want to see it, go on Instagram or TikTok. It's there, like it's a whole... Yeah, she really showed everything. And only a couple of days after that, jumping back on the G-Wagon to compete for Mrs. America. As with anything women do online, it fueled a lot of discourse, so let's talk about it. On one side, people claim that Ballerina Farms is promoting an unrealistic expectation, an unrealistic portrayal of motherhood, and it is harmful to women psychologically. Detractors say that her postpartum experience not normal and she shouldn't be showing it to other women who are struggling with postpartum and that this struggling during postpartum is what's normal. So the detractors say that's not normal. You should be showing it because other women don't have that experience. Another creator criticizing Ballerina Farm dropped this huge revelation saying that Ballerina Farm is a brand, not a person. I'm going to say this one time really clearly. Ballerina Farm is not a person. Ballerina Farm is a highly curated and monetizable social media account. It is a company with multiple employees, some of whom you see on screen and some of whom work exclusively behind the scenes. Case in point, why do we use the phrase Ballerina Farm in all of these videos, in all of these conversations, and not the woman's name? Because there is a difference. There is a distinction between the individual and the forward-facing business through which she presents herself to the world. I understand the emotional thrust of this argument. I understand the idea of not wanting to hurt a person. Which is why I am saying again and again, it is so important to talk about this at the systemic level. I don't know the woman who is the face of Ballerina Farm. And for the record, neither do you. Whether you love her or hate her, what you love or hate is the way she is curating herself to the world. You don't know her. Ballerina Farm is, for all intents and purposes, no different than Flow from Progressive. It is a business and it is selling you things all the time. All great businesses make you feel like you are lacking something. 
Like if you don't have their product, you will not be a complete person. You will not be as happy as you would be if you bought something from them. This is what that account is doing. So if you see conversations about the person herself, or if you see arguments that are comparing people's lives and people's stories to the story being shared on this account, remember that and try to share that with other people. It is not a one-to-one -to, -one to describe a woman's personal postpartum experience with the postpartum depiction that has been shared on this business account, this curated account. We have no idea what this woman's personal postpartum experience is, and we never will because that's not the point of her Instagram page. And lastly, I am aware that plenty of these big influencer accounts often go back and forth between showing the person and showing their monetizable front-facing self. But I don't think that's happening with this account. If it does, we can talk about it. So please, for the love of God, whether you like or don't like the depiction on this account, please, just for the sake of media literacy, remember that you are actually not defending a person and you're actually not criticizing a person. You are criticizing or defending a brand. And no one knows this better than the person who is running that account. I actually agree with this creator. Ballerina Farm is a brand, not a person. Ballerina Farm isn't real and that's okay. And the creator is absolutely right that we need to be aware of this for the sake of media literacy. And let me drop another huge revelation on you. Like we're full of revelations today. This creator, whose video we just played, analyzing Ballerina Farm and dropping this truth bomb on us, she is also a brand, not a person, okay? Her TikTok account, personal brand, commenting on Tradwives from a systemic lens, one of her content pillars, okay? Another revelation, the spoiled girly support group. It's a brand, not a person, okay? It is not me, it is a brand. All the content we make, uplifting women from a spoiled girly lens, that is the mission and the vision. If it's online, it's a brand. If it's pervasive and amassing a huge following, it's a successful brand, a consistent brand. It's a useful brand for the people consuming that brand, okay? So can we wake up? Everything is a brand. We are all consuming brand ideals and marketing. And like, is that too self-aware? Like, I don't care. Like, you need to be awake. If you see anything online, if it's viral, if it occupies real estate on your feed, it's a very good brand. It's a consistent brand and it is a useful brand to you. Okay, so can we like wake up? Now that's media literacy. So all these people pointing fingers at Ballerina Farms from their commentary TikTok accounts, y'all are brands too, okay? And the big accounts who make these commentaries, like they're so consistent with their commentary, like there's a theme, okay? And I love that for them. Amazing marketing, amazing. Everything is a brand. And when you look at it from that lens, when you look at Ballerina Farm, like what a great brand. Like really, amazing marketing. And when you think about it that way, you already think, okay, they're trying to sell me on something. And the content, it's free. You know, you pay with your attention, your time, but just take all the free content that you can, okay? And if you really resonate with the brand, support the brand so that you can keep seeing the content that they make so you can keep consuming more free content, okay? So that's literally content creation 101. That's literally media literacy 101, okay? Even all the people saying like, oh, this is a brand, it's not real, this is a brand, it's not real. Be so for real, okay? Be so for real. Once you develop your media literacy, you can then use that knowledge to consume differently, to consume better. The internet is a marketplace of ideas. Your attention is currency. You literally pay with your attention. And that is a non-renewable resource. 
Okay, you cannot get that back, so it's very precious. Let's talk about it a little bit. I am so grateful that you spend your time and attention here. And I really am competing for your time and attention. So that's what the internet is. It is a marketplace of ideas. You have all these content creators trying to compete for your attention. So let them compete. You need to be discerning with what you consume. The era of mindless consumption is over. And a lot of people think that it only applies to money. No, time and attention, okay? Time and attention are one of your most valuable resources. So you need to be more discerning with the type of content that you consume. The best thing you can do, consume only the things that benefit you, that add value to your life, that help you get things done better and faster, the things that put you in a positive mind space, the things that move the needle for you, okay? The things that inspire you. And anything else, things that make you feel bad about yourself for no reason, the things that really mess with your head because they're so disturbing, quit it. Like when you think of your time and attention as currency, like literally like think about you spending time and attention somewhere else, like taking money out of your wallet, I can't, no, you can't do that. Media literacy, everything is a brand and everyone is competing for your time and attention. So let them compete. Moving on, let's hear from the opposing camp, the defenders of Ballerina Farm, the brand. Once again, Ballerina Farm is getting attacked online for showing off her glamorous life because there are a lot of bitter Bettys out there that are very angry that she, how dare she, show pictures and videos of herself 12 days postpartum competing in Mrs. America. A lot of women are upset because they feel like this is an unrealistic depiction of postpartum motherhood, which for many of us it is, but for her it's her reality. And this is gonna sound harsh, but if you are looking for social media to reflect your reality, then you need to get off social media and go live your life. The pendulum for showcasing motherhood online has swung so far the other way that it's now trendy sh to showcase your vulnerabilities, your insecurities, your struggle, rather than depicting yourself maybe thriving motherhood if you are. I mean, I can't even scroll through social media without seeing postpartum moms recording themselves either crying, getting up in the middle of the night to tend to their kids, or taking photos of themselves in their adult diapers. It's socially unacceptable to comment anything remotely negative to those women because they're depicting a realistic portrayal of motherhood, or at least their realistic portrayal of motherhood, which may be more of a struggle. I get it. I've been postpartum. It's not easy. But then they basically have free reign to comment when moms like Ballerina Farm are actually thriving postpartum. And it's just this double standard that millennial moms have that drives me absolutely insane. As someone who is nine months postpartum and finally feeling like myself again, it's honestly encouraging to see moms like this thriving postpartum. My thoughts exactly, why are we not rooting for her? It's like watching an Olympic athlete, I don't feel bad, I'm not Simone Biles, I'm impressed at her achievements. It's jealousy, I was not very glamorous postpartum, but it also wasn't my job to be. It's unrealistic for me, but it's realistic for her, so good for her, I'm happy for her. One behavior we are leaving behind is expecting and celebrating women's suffering. Okay, we're over it. You know those friends that were always there when you're down in the dumps, when you're down and out, when you're going through some things, but whenever you fix your situation, they're gone. Like they just can't be there for you. They just cannot be happy for you. This is those people, okay? All those people who comment, you got this mama, in the comment section whenever women are down in the dumps. But the very same people who comment, oh, this is so unrealistic, whenever a woman shows a realistic depiction of her real life, but it's not struggle. Like some people just love to see women struggle and I'm not here for it. You probably aren't going to like my opinion on this. I have a feeling that a lot of people won't. If you don't know, Ballerina Farm is a woman with millions of social media followers, and she is competing in a pageant shortly after having her eighth baby. Women are frequently reduced to their physical form, either as sex symbols or as vessels to carry children. And a lot of well-meaning people are doing the same thing to her. 
Sometimes you give birth and then your sister is getting married so you go to the wedding or you compete in the pageant that's really important to you. Because your wellness is about more than just what's going on with your physical form. You and I make decisions all of the time that are maybe in the short term, not the best for our physical form, but are right for us, for our life, for our soul. She's a whole human being and I'm not judging her because I trust her to make the right decision for herself. Even if she ends up regretting it and thinking, gosh, that was the wrong decision, it was her decision to make. And it's our job as the consumers of social media to look at what somebody else is doing and saying, you know what, not right for me, but okay for you. A lot of people are hating on her for setting unrealistic expectations of postpartum, but y'all, that is not her job. Please, we cannot be looking to influencers to set our expectations of postpartum. If you wanna consume other people's lives as content on social media, you're gonna to have to be okay with them just living their lives and not setting expectations for you. 100% all of this. Let's get into the comments. Honestly, doing something that's just for her is probably a big part of her mental health care as well. When I do my hobbies or passions that are just for me, not for the benefit of my family, it gives me back a little sense of myself and that in turn makes me a better mom and wife to my family. It is just so weird how society expects women when they become mothers to just be a mother. Define yourself with motherhood alone. Like if you had a baby, your personal goals, that. Oh, your fitness goals, your health goals, that. Your personal goals of winning competitions, that. And don't you find it insidious that this whole discourse about policing Ballerina Farm is wrapped around this 2010s girl boss BuzzFeed feminism about self-esteem and unrealistic expectations. But the message is the same, okay? Like, how dare Ballerina Farm not stay home and take care of her child? How dare she not give up her personal goals and dreams to take care of her baby? Like, she literally just gave birth, why can't she just stay home? How dare she show us that it is possible to do what fulfills you days, weeks after giving birth, okay? Albeit with a lot of money, a lot of help, a lot of privilege, okay? How dare she step out of line? And I'm so tired of miserable people intellectualizing their envy because that's what it is. But the bottom line is the same. They are telling a woman who just had a baby to just stay home, okay? How is it any different from telling women to stay in the kitchen? That's where you belong. You shouldn't be doing that. You shouldn't be stepping out of line. Like you're making the rest of us women look bad. That's the vibe. It's giving women belong in the kitchen, okay? Like I said, I am so tired of these miserable people intellectualizing their envy, okay? I said what I said. Y'all are intellectualizing your envy, pushing what you think is a progressive narrative when it is simply a veneer for yet another mechanism to keep women towing the line. How dare she step out of line? I can't, I get so heated over this. Back to the topic, let's talk about how mothers nowadays are forced into adopting the singular identity of mother to their own detriment and to the detriment of their own children. Too many of us now allow ourselves to be defined by motherhood and direct every ounce of our energy into our children. This sounds noble on the surface, but in fact, it is doing no one, not ourselves, our children any good. Because when we lose ourselves in our mommy selves, we experience this loss as depression. When we disempower ourselves in our mommy selves, we experience this weakness as anxiety. This losing yourself in the identity of mother is the absolute vibe of the millennial struggle motherhood content. And I don't wanna be like that if I do have children. In the Spoiled Girl Support Group, we don't subscribe to struggle love, struggle work, and certainly not struggle motherhood, okay? We don't subscribe to struggle, period. There has to be another way. And this brings us to bringing up Bebe. 
which is a book on French motherhood as written by an American mother. I love anthropological work like this where an outsider studies their new society and makes all these observations. Obviously, it's not going to be as fully authentic as if it were written by a French mother, but you know what? This is what we got. So... In the book, the author writes, For American mothers, guilt is an emotional tax we pay. French mothers don't valorize this guilt. Guilt is a trap. She goes on to say, The standards are certainly high for French moms. They're supposed to be sexy, successful, and have a home-cooked meal on the table each night. But they try not to add guilt to their burden. My friend Danielle, the French journalist, co-authored a book called The Perfect Mother Is You. La mère parfait c'est vous. So, honestly, reading these books was therapy. I bleach, if you will. Obviously, it's great that we see the reality of motherhood for some women and how that can include struggle so we can learn from it and hopefully not manufacture it for ourselves or avoid a lot of the unnecessary struggle. But at the same time, it is also good to see the other side, the side where mothers enjoy motherhood, where it's not all struggle, okay? Because if the only content that we consume about motherhood is struggle content, we start to believe that motherhood is inherent and inevitable struggle. And by that logic, if you as a person do not subscribe to struggle, then who would want to have children anymore, okay? Why would you even do it, okay? That's not the vibe. We're not here to struggle. We don't claim that. So that's why it's nice to consume content of what we want to happen, of things that we idealize so that it can inspire us. And a lot of us, we use content as free therapy, okay? Like I already talked about, I use books as free therapy. Like if something is bothering me, I'm gonna find a book on it and learn a lot about it and then it makes me feel better. So a lot of us, we use content as free therapy. So what if you're a woman who already has children and you're just not having a good go of it, okay? It's not a vibe for you. But seeing someone else romanticize the similar lifestyle that you're living, I don't know. Oh, like it would be therapeutic, right? So that's what a lot of women feel towards Ballerina Farm. Okay, so all these people yucking other people's yum about Ballerina Farm, like, oh yeah, she's all this, she's a brand. Like, we know, okay, we know she's a brand. What else, okay? If you're media literate, you can consume both types of content. The struggle down in the dumps, and the non-struggle romanticized version. You can pick and choose. It's giving, picking, and choosing. Like, yeah, you're gonna pick and choose, okay? I'm tired of all the purest policing. Like people who want people to subscribe to something like 100%. Like, okay, that's you. On the other hand, me, I'm gonna pick and choose, okay? I'm so done. I'm not judging her because I trust her to make the right decision for herself. I scream this with my entire soul. And honestly, it's pretty obvious that Mrs. America is very important to her. Like. Out of everything that she talks about, like her farm, her kids, her cooking, whatever, Mrs. America is always on her mouth, okay? Like, do you see? Like, she's really into it. And Mrs. America is a pageant, okay? Have you met pageant people? They are so passionate about their sport. Like, whenever you meet a person who is very involved in their sport, like, they're so passionate about it. And on top of that, it's in the name, okay? Ballerina Farm. She's a ballerina. She's a dancer. She's an athlete, okay? She's been active for most of her life. People forget she's an athlete. Ballerinas are athletes. And once an athlete, always an athlete. She is fine. Leave her be. If an athlete has a competition, they compete, okay? That's just what they do. And my beef with the discourse attacking her for still doing the pageant even though she had a child, all these 2010s girl boss BuzzFeed feminists going after her, y'all are just telling her to stay home with her baby where she belongs, okay? We already talked about this. Like, it's giving women belong in the kitchen. 
Like, that's what takes me off about all these people prescribing her what activities are acceptable for a newly postpartum mom. I love this. Also, not all women struggle postpartum. That's also important to see. And someone else commented, it is so important because I don't think I have seen one person on this app that hasn't struggled after birth. So all I think of postpartum is negative. Struggle motherhood has been so normalized in our culture in the form of ignoring yourself and your needs and your desires to fully prioritize your children. And someone who has been inundated exposed to that struggle motherhood type of content and narrative, I find myself wondering, like, why even have children? Okay, it's not a vibe. Like, y'all are struggling, you're posting your struggle, and then you say that it's the best thing that ever happened to you. Like, I, I don't get it. Like, there's a disconnect somewhere there. Okay, why? And obviously, growing up, I had a different view of motherhood. Like, I've always been told that it's beautiful, you won't regret it. Like, you may regret a husband, but you'll never regret children. Like, I've always been taught that. And family for both men and women, it's the goal, like, it is the glue of society. And I did see beautiful examples of motherhood. But then you grow up, you go on Instagram, like, it's all this content of women filming, like, their struggles. And like I said, it has been a treasure trove of lessons, and I am so thankful that these women are brave enough to show the not so pretty aspects of life but if that's all you consume if that's all you consume that's what you believe is reality okay so we all create our own realities and even if it's not the reality for ourselves now if you keep consuming that you're secretly manifesting it okay unknowingly so that's why i was so weirded out by like all this struggle motherhood type of content especially from millennial moms and it's so disturbing to be honest and that's why it got me to that french parenting book because reading that book was actually very healing. Like, oh, finally, now I know it doesn't have to be that way. Obviously, different places, different countries, different situations. Like, the French, they get a lot of support from their governments. Like, let's talk about that, okay? Nobody protests like the French. So maybe we can learn a thing or two about that. So I just found that book very healing. And if you're considering kids or you're not considering kids, but you're nosy, highly, highly recommend it. It is so healing and calming to know that there is a society that has found the blueprint for mothers within that society to not struggle, to not glorify that struggle, to not valorize the guilt that they feel and is prescribed on them. It is so nice and healing to see that. And obviously this is not some toxic positivity BS, but if I'm choosing a life path, I wanna see both sides, the good and the bad, but somehow all we're seeing is the bad. And the women who have it good, they don't wanna speak because they wanna protect their peace as is their right. Because miserable people will literally yuck your yum. Okay, and we see this, the ballerina farm hate case in point. Like remember that video about how people are not living beyond their means, they just have more money than you? It's giving that, okay? Some women are not faking loving motherhood. Some women are not faking romanticizing their life. They just have a non-struggle experience of it and that's okay. And if you're offended by that, just scroll past because people who are seeking inspiration, who find this content very useful and healing, and they're doing that with discernment and media literacy. This is their comfort content, okay? You're yucking their yum. Like, yum yuckers, annoying. Not right for me, but okay for you is like what TikTok should make its official motto or something. Yes, yes, yes. We cannot expect strangers to be responsible for our own feelings. If you don't like her, scroll on. Media literacy. I think it's great that the creator brought up that Ballerina Farm is a brand because we all needed to hear that. It is true, Ballerina Farm is a brand, not a person. Ballerina Farm is not real, and that's okay. Consume the free content, get inspiration, vibe. And just know that it's not real, but 
you can adopt aspects of it and incorporate it into your reality if you want to, okay? With that being said, stop expecting everyone to be everything for you. It goes for friends, romantic partners, like every person that you interact with. And it also goes for content creators. Like stop expecting everyone to be everything for you, okay? If you like their stuff, appreciate their stuff for what they are, and then go find the other stuff from other content creators who specialize in that other content, okay? Media literacy. And another thing, stop expecting women who are leading extraordinary lives to begin with because if they were leading ordinary lives they wouldn't go viral they wouldn't be popular on social media okay all these people asking oh i don't want to see rich women in new york and la be influencers like where's the girl from wisconsin and then some girl from wisconsin posts and y'all don't make her famous because you're not really interested in the girl from wisconsin doing regular stuff, okay? Y'all are interested in all the women who are leading extraordinary lives because they are rare, they are weird, they are out of the ordinary, okay? So can we like, so that's the rule of the internet. The strange, the outlier, the out of place, the extraordinary, that is what goes viral. That's what becomes popular. If it's weird and if it's different, because if it's just the same as everybody else, then what's the point, okay? Watch this class if you want a Media Literacy 101 class. Back to the topic, stop expecting women who are leading these extraordinary lifestyles to validate your experience, your existence, your life choices, and your lifestyle, okay? Why are you looking for validation from Ballerina Farms? Their lives are inherently unrelatable no matter how they pretend to be relatable. It's not their job to be relatable. Okay, as brands, it is their job to create outlier content featuring their extraordinary lives. That's why we watch, because by watching them, we are engaging in escapism. And why would we escape to what's normal? Okay, media literacy. You are being served that content first and foremost because it is weird. It's out of the ordinary. It is not real. And here's something I completely believe in. The media you consume, the scroll feeds you spend hours a day, they are a portal to your reality. So when all you consume is is negativity and struggle, you are unknowingly manifesting that negativity and struggle into your real life. Like you are taking it from here on your phone, like out into the reality. Okay, so if you don't claim that for yourself, why are you consuming it? On the other hand, if romanticizing content is making you feel envy, self-hatred or hatred towards the creator, that's not good either. Okay, so it is on you to regulate your own media consumption. You're an adult, okay? No one else is as incentivized to curate your consumption and subsequent manifestation more than you, okay? It is in your best interest to be media literate. It is your responsibility to be media literate because no one else is gonna do these things for you, okay? Let's get into one of my beefs. People who are upset that certain women are glorifying their lifestyles. Like, it's their lifestyle. What else are they supposed to do? Like, are they supposed to hate their lifestyle when they don't, okay? If you enjoy and appreciate your lifestyle, it's inevitable that you will glorify it. And if you don't feel that way towards your lifestyle, it may be difficult to imagine that other people love their life and thus glorify it. Not all women will live the exact same lifestyle. I certainly will not last a day in Ballerina Farm's shoes. I can't. It's not my thing. But as someone who is living her own dream life, who finds her own life worth glorifying, I can imagine. 
because I created a life of my own design. And if you create yours too, you'd spend more time enjoying it, romanticizing it, and glorifying it, and allowing people enjoyment of their lives that are of their own design, instead of tearing them down for triggering your insecurities. Like, why are you giving other people that much power over you? It makes no sense, okay? Get up, get up off the floor and stop letting these people make you feel a certain way about your life. Like, if you're not having a good go of your life right now, I am so sorry to say, but a lot of women don't hate their lives and they shouldn't apologize for that. And I wish we had more examples of women who don't hate their lives. I wish we had more women to create our blueprints from. Happiness is not a zero-sum game. Just because they're happy doesn't mean that there's less happiness for you. Being a hater isn't cool, okay? And it's honestly so pathetic that you're hating people who don't even know or care that you exist. You're allowing people to live rent-free in your head when you should be using that headspace to manifest your desires into reality. Instead, you fill it with hate. Okay, no wonder you're stuck in a reality that you hate because all that's in there is hate, 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 hate. And honestly, when you identify as a hater, you cannot step into your light. You don't wanna step into your purpose. You don't wanna be perceived because you know what happens to people who are perceived. Haters like you will tear you down. So once again, you sabotage yourself from creating your own dream life because you know that there's always haters waiting in the sidelines, waiting to hate on you because you were one of them, okay? What goes around comes around. Y'all are keeping each other down. And honestly, I have a lot of sympathy for haters because I just see how miserable it is to be so invested in other people's lives just to escape from their own miserable lives. I have never met a hater who I want to trade lives with. It's giving fan behavior, okay? They're so obsessed with you because they want to be you, but they can't, or they believe that they can't. It's honestly so sad. Forever living vicariously through other women while demonizing those same women for living a life that these haters perceive that they will never have, okay? But what these haters don't realize is the only person standing between them and their dream life is themselves. Now, I'm not trying to be high and mighty and above everything, no one is. So whenever there's content that triggers you, just ignore. You know, you can long press on a video and click not interested, just do that, okay? Curate a social media feed that feeds into the reality that you wanna create for yourself. Okay, stop choosing struggle. Stop choosing anger. Whenever you keep subscribing to things that make you angry all the time, like, why? I don't understand. Train your virtual algorithm to show you the life that you wanna create in reality, okay? Last video to drive the point. I kept my mouth shut last time, but I'm not gonna do it this time. And a lot of you aren't gonna like my opinion, but that's normal, so uh, what the heck, right? But I just don't get it. I don't understand why you guys hate Ballerina Farm so much. I don't get it. Like, for what reason? Because the reasons I've seen thus far is that she is a rich person pretending to be poor by homesteading. Um, she doesn't have a need to do it. She's setting unrealistic expectations. She shouldn't have so many kids. She has help with her kids, so it's not real either. And that she should disclose the fact that she has access to millions of dollars because her husband is the heir to JetBlue. Do I have that correct so far? How does any of that apply to you? Like, honestly, if you think someone on the internet is setting unrealistic expectations of you because you are easily influenced, that means you have self-regulation issues and you need to take a break from social media. That's a you thing, not a her thing. If you think in your right mind that anyone should be required to disclose their income to you because you absorb their content and you have a case of FOMO, 
you're also out of your mind because you wouldn't do it if someone demanded it of you. If you think it's wrong for her to have help with her children and she's having too many, the same argument is being had that people who can't afford them are having too many. Now people who can't afford them are having too many. And she has help with her kids. I would hope every woman can find help with their kids, no matter if she has one or ten. So what I'm saying is, if you actually have a passion to try or live the lifestyle of farmer, rancher, homesteader, anything in agriculture, you're going to do it whether you have something or whether you have nothing. That's coming from someone who is now moving from somewhere where I had a lot of things to somewhere where I don't have those things anymore and I'm still doing it. Am I doing it at the level that she is? No. But if I fell in love with a man tomorrow that ended up being filthy rich, the first thing I'd be doing is buying land and turning it into a farm because that's my passion. How do you know it's not hers? I don't see anybody judging Jeremy Clarkson and he has two documentaries, two seasons worth of documentaries doing the same thing being a cosplayer. Is she not also putting in work? Just because she has help doesn't mean she's not putting in work. I don't see anybody being upset that Melissa K. Norris, Roots and Refuse, uh, Justin Rhodes, people like them, are making an income off of what they are doing because it supports what they are doing. That's normal. That's a business. So what I am, the takeaway on this is that I don't have any reason to hate the girl. I'm happy for her and it doesn't give me FOMO. It motivates me. It honestly motivates me. And you can learn a lot if you pay attention outside of all the things that you wish you had that she shows you. You can learn a lot. So maybe come from a different perspective or choose a different hobby. I don't really know. But like this whole just making videos just to talk down doesn't get you any closer to having that homestead farm that you're supposedly dreaming of. Um, it's just a waste of time. Oh, and I would much rather someone like her who has the money and influence that she does do something positive that teaches people useful skills, that is adding something to society. Cause she could just be another Kardashian and you guys would hate her for that too. So like, I don't know, can't keep you guys happy, dang. Always be in discernment and practice media literacy. Everything is a brand. Ballerina Farm is a brand, not a person. Ballerina Farm is not real and that's okay. All right, like everything is a brand. Use all this free content to create a life of your own design. Anything that doesn't make you happier, smarter, richer, healthier is noise, okay? Not interested, bye. Bestie, wake up.